We'll be continuing today with the practice of loving-kindness during this period and extending it out again as we have done the last couple of days. See if we can find a peaceful, caring, universal relationship to other beings where at least on our side of the relationship there's no wishing for harm or uh, bad days or misfortunes to happen and see if we can come out of our own resentments and turn into turning towards a caring uh, for all beings and the welfare of all beings. It's one of the beautiful things that might grow out of a practice of concentration is that the more we know how to orient towards our own well-being, then we can turn towards others and have less needs of them being a specific way for our happiness. Our happiness is not a part of the equation. And so for that, we can become generous as we open our hearts to the world as it is. So again, finding a posture that's comfortable, that supports your body, being relaxed, being at ease, and still upright, so sitting up a little bit to make sure that we don't get too drowsy in this afternoon heat. And from a body awareness of your posture, again, dropping into a mental space, a heart space that's relaxed, simple, content, Within that, see if you can find your breath in that basis of ease, inviting your mind to be quiet, your heart to be open. And you might bring to mind a being that's easy to care for, a being that's easy to appreciate, a being where there's the least judgment, the least trouble, the least wishing that being were different. ability to appreciate that being just as they are. And again, that can be a person, a heart connection to an animal. You can even do it as a heart connection to a place in nature where you feel that benevolence. quiet, open heart, 
in relationship to this being or this place. So we can allow an image to arise if that's supportive, easily accessible. Invite your heart to be open, warm, and connected. And then see if repeating the phrases inside supports that heart connection. The wishing for well-being. May you be safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. And may you live at ease or be at ease. So open up your connection to this being. See what warms, what engages from your heart. You might find that a connection to your breath helps you be present, but not only that, breathe in a connection to this being or place, breathe out a connection. Your breath can be a support for the steadiness of heart.
And again, some people find putting their hand on their heart is also a reminder of the intention of this practice. You're welcome to stay with this being if you want, but I invite you also to consider sending kindness to yourself. This one being sitting here that you have intimate connection to, with. This one being you spend most of your day with. You're trying to get along with this being May the basis of this relationship be kindness, patience, non-judgmental intimacy. An internal kind voice. Turning your attention toward yourself. as a felt sense of who you are right here and right now, or as an image that reminds you of your self-love. May I be safe and protected. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy and strong. And may I live at ease.
when we bring kindness to our awareness of the breath, it can taste both like loving kindness practice to be aware of the breath and like concentration practice, awareness of the breath and the body. Maybe there's an understanding that this breath as a shelter in a refuge, it's a place of kindness for yourself. So see if this merging of the breath and the loving kindness practice, if there's an authentic possibility of them being combined. Self-love, self-acceptance, the contentment that comes when we can naturally rest in the breath. You might see that if you can truly be kind to yourself, that your motivation for practice can relax. Let go of striving to be somebody else, somebody better. There's some other time that's better. A tone of kindness allows us to be patient, intimate, connected.
And now taking a moment to reflect upon your own practice and the ups and downs, the effort that's required. Use that as a basis for insight and compassion, appreciation for the other people around you. See where your heart goes when you consider your neighbors in front and behind and to the sides. Do particular people pop up easily? Is it easier to connect to the whole group? See if you can settle into kindness, appreciation, friendliness, loyalty, benevolence, knowing what everybody is going through, noble intentions to wake up. Practicing loving kindness for people we maybe don't know at all. but we can imagine their good intentions, the effort they're putting in. May you be safe and protected. May you truly be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. And may you be at ease in this world. If the whole group is too vast and your mind wanders easily, again, make it intimate and see if you can connect to somebody, making it more tangible. The people nearby, the people you've seen 
giving themselves fully to the practice. Someone here you don't know, but they inspire you. If there's any pain in your body from sitting this long, you might come to standing, just so you're not struggling against pain or sleepiness, so your heart is not challenged by other things. You might see if that's supportive. Now I, I invite you to take a tour of imagination. Having settled your heart and your body, settling the mind. See if you can bring to mind the people back home, your neighbors, people around you that you've never met. See how your mind wants to explore this topic of many beings, people, animals, plants, whole neighborhoods, towns, even cities. Maybe even complex ecosystems. Take some delight in opening your heart's imagination and see what it's like to shine with kindness as you open your heart towards other beings. can find your way into this exploration, whether it's vast or specific, how long you stay with a particular being or group. Letting your heart roam with this mission of kindness
finding delight, contentment, steadiness.
And as we extend our heart, as we open, we eventually have to come in contact with people, animals, with beings that we have some struggle with. And we might watch our heart close, grumble, get defensive, hold resentments, strong judgments. And combining some courage and wisdom, compassion, And maybe starting with a being that doesn't only frustrate you. You might see what it's like to offer them kindness, at least wishing them no harm, if not actually well-being. The tone of kindness, when developed, would say, right now I don't need you to change, and I'm willing to offer you kindness. You can be as you are, and I wish you safety. I wish you happiness. I wish you health and a sense of ease. This is an area you want to build your capacity so you're not forcing any kindness that doesn't feel authentic. But you can see that for some people where there's struggle, it's okay for you right now to soften a defensiveness, rent resentments, barriers. You might say, I'm not going to let you get much closer to me, but I still wish you well. We don't have a good connection, but I don't need to hate you. I can let go of old resentments. Old arguments. Bring some ease to my part of our relationship. Experiment with this. See what feels within reach for you today. Picking a difficult person, a difficult being. And see what wise kindness is like in relationship to someone where there's difficulty in the relationship.
And then bringing your attention back to this room and back to yourself, back to your breath, regrouping, collecting yourself in this simple act of kindness to yourself, to be content, at ease with the simple process of breathing. Any questions you have about this practice? Yeah. The question is if it's possible with uh, loving kindness practice or compassion practice to go into the jhanas. It is all four Brahma Viharas can be developed to go very deeply into the jhanas. Um, loving kindness, compassion, and sympathetic joy, they can go up to the third jhana, but only equanimity can go into the fourth jhana classically, because uh, it's so balanced, and it's awake within neutrality, the way that equanimity can be.
Yeah. So the question is sending loving kindness to um, nations or peoples engaged in war. And it's the same sort of thing where you might, uh, it's interesting where there's conflict. Some, sometimes it's hard to tune into it because if, if someone's engaging in violence and to wish them safety means that they get to do whatever they want because they're safe, and that, that's not quite the wish. And so the wish is um, a safety from their, this takes some insight, but a safety from their own anger. Or a safety from retaliation because sometimes people just are in this echo chamber of retaliation. And so if you can stop it, then people know safety and they can come out of their anger enough to kind of appreciate, I can deal with my anger, I won't lash out again. So it does take a type of safety so you're not only in this survival mode, which can be quite maddening. And so that's sort of, you have to tune in with wisdom to find the right angle. So, uh, May you recover a sense of peace. May you um, feel deep security. And if both sides felt deep security, chances are there wouldn't be an underlying war. And so when you're wishing for everybody to be happy, secure, protected, from the right angle, you're really wishing them to come out of their uh, being caught up in war. And and you might think about a certain group of people, may you be safe and protected. It might be, may you know how to defend yourselves wisely. So you might wish for a group that they not just be uh, mowed over by another group that's um, only in acting in war, but may you know wise protection and what wise protection looks like. May you feel empowered to protect yourself in a wise, compassionate way. And those sort of things might find a way in. But there are these difficult categories and it takes some settling into them to know what the, the wise, loving relationship is. Um, in terms of wishing safety to all beings, um, my mind always kind of grows up a little bit on that standard because I realize it's all kinds of beings have to kill each other or be eaten in order to live. Sure. So I, I realize yeah, it's kind of beside the point, but I try and, yeah, I always feel a little, just, I don't know, starry-eyed, like idealistic making that. I mean, like how hmm. can we extend loving kindness to an ecosystem that has to survive by things killing each other all the time? Sure. So the question is, uh, how can you wish safety for all beings and not have that be just um, too shallow a notion, knowing that uh, for a healthy ecosystem, as an example, beings will be eating beings. And that's where you, you begin to uh, tune in and love that paradox. And I do wish the rabbit to be happy and healthy, and I wish for the uh, coyote to be happy and healthy. And then when it comes to their interaction, I wish compassion for the rabbit. And if the rabbit gets away, there's joy for the rabbit and there's compassion for the coyote. And if the coyote is successful, there's a type of acknowledgement, happiness for the coyote and compassion for the rabbit. 
And that's, that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> and that takes a maturing to know that um, as the heart gets very sensitive, there was one time when I was very secluded in my cabin in Burma and um, opening up and I was just able to get very, very tender because I was just in this cabin high up on this hill and um, I heard this peeping, this, this frog was peeping very energetically and after a while I couldn't ignore it and I couldn't keep it out and it was too perplexing so I opened my window and saw a snake had its leg and I was caught in this very paradox and I just, it was so heartbreaking. It's like, wow, this frog is about to lose its life and it just broke me open with compassion. Like, good God, we, we're all gonna pass through this moment and right now it's the frog's turn. It'll be my turn at one point be the snake's turn at one point, and so the compassion was huge. And there was a sense of like, damn you snake. And that was sort of my immature relationship to the, being able to hold that. And then as I held it, I was like, you know, we are gonna pass away, we're all gonna pass away. And right now it's the frog's turn, it'll be my turn, it'll be the snake's turn. And coming to peace with that, and years later, I was a volunteer in a hospice ward, and was able to do a lot more coming to terms with this whole passing on part of birth, aging, life, death. And in that, there's much more kind of, the compassion just turns warmer, like we're all in it together. We're all passing through that doorway, however it comes. And I noticed that the, the lion killing the deer is not cruel. It tends to be swift and there's something at least elegant about the swiftness of it. But then there's ramifications that are troubling and painful, but at least in that exchange, there is a type of harmony that there's not a type of uh, cruelty being played out. And then there are times when the lion is full and they're not tormenting the deer. Um, so do you find a maturing where you can hold these things and rather than reactivity or there's something wrong here or just drama inside, you can actually not be in the, the hallmark card notion of love, but down actually like feeling it and let it open you, let it warm you. But the way down can take time, the way to really settle in matures over time. Uh, and so the, I, I hear in your question the, um, the wish for sincerity, that it not be a shallow, uh, sentiment. And that takes time to let your heart sit in the warm waters of the chaos of this universe, but finding a peace at one point in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, family, when do complex relationships come in, in the categories? They, when, today, in opening up to what we, the, the category of difficult people, um, that's a very dynamic category. There are certain people that have always been difficult for me, and that's more like politics. It's just sort of being very frustrated by um, people who have a very different ideology, and it seems to block or 
promote the opposite of what I wish to see. And so they're always difficult for me. But then everybody else, it's like a merry-go-round. Some people are going up in my eyes and easier to love, and then they go down again. <laughs> and somebody else is going up, and somebody else is going down. And then I'm going up, and then I'm going down. And it's just sort of this like merry-go-round of people going up and down these categories. Like, oh, interesting. And then there's a learning in that of um, there's reality and there's my preferences. And as love matures, it maps better onto reality. And um, that's what I love about the equanimity practice, even though it's the slowest to ripen. In some ways I find it's the, it's the most honest when it does ripen because it's the, it, it doesn't have any, um, it just loves, it has the strength to love the truth and not find the truth offensive. And from that it can participate in the truth very cleanly and even let compassion come in, but it's a clean compassion because it's not built on an intolerance of reality. So that, uh, that Brahma-vihara of equanimity is, um, is quite priceless when it dawns, when it really begins to ripen. So in uh, working with family members and spouses and housemates and all those beings that it's complex. You start with their good side, you open up to their neutral side, and then it gives you some momentum to begin to consider their difficult side. My brother and I just got in a bad, uh, not bad, but it was a tension. Um, We fell into an old family pattern. I went to text a friend, kind of a joke about it, and actually sent it to my brother. (laughs) And we don't process things like that very well. Um, And so I've sat with it for a long time. And at the time I was being a little bit immature and just pointing at my brother. As I've sat with it longer, I participated in that dynamic. We're both caught in it, and we've both done what we can with the family dynamic. And so what started off as he's the difficult one became we're caught in something difficult, became a kind of a compassion, understanding of how we're, we are both participating in that. Now that's a particular example where there are, there are people that are really in the wrong, that are really causing harm. But as you hold them, if you trace it back one way, it's just tracing them back in time. And as they were infants, they probably were not the being they became. And that's probably uh, tough life circumstances that made somebody into a, uh, into a situation of life where they were causing harm. And so almost anybody held in the light of compassion and understanding the heart can turn from frustration into a stronger possibility of holding that person with compassion where there's difficulty and then being courageous enough to see if you're playing a part in it. And you may not be, but if you are, how can you both work on a solution? And if you really do feel like you're not participating and this person's just lost in their anger, trying to hold that protecting them and other people from them causing harm, however that can be done wisely, but then reducing your anger in them to see where that has come from. And that's a common trajectory to lend compassion and insight where there are people who are really caught in uh, harmful habits. 
So that's all the time we have uh, for this session. Um, there's a little time before dinner for walking or stretching as you need. So enjoy your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.